0: mm <laughs>
1: Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone live today uh, from Bilt Bar. Uh, go to builtbar.com, use promo code ZONE, and you can get some tremendous deals, and uh, they're great. They're absolutely delicious. Uh, Gordon, we had National, well, like, is it National Signing Day, number one? What's it, What's the official title <laughs> of the December? Uh, uh, Early Signing Day, but they all signed. It feel, it feel, that feels like it's not important enough. Sorry, I mean the built bar. Oh, you're getting into it. Oh man, it's good. They are uh,
2: good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's the one. It's the it's the it's the predominant one now. I don't know what the official title of it's the opening of the uh, signing season. I think, but anyway, uh, yeah, this is the 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 sort of the one to. Earmark these days, not the one in February.
1: You know, as frustrated as I get when you eat right when we're coming into segment. I guess can I get that frustrated when we're at built bar and that's kind of the idea? Yeah, this is do the whole it. Do time you, do like, you no, get a I pass? Get it.
2: Yeah, I get. Well, you it. guys were just talking about the built bars, and so I had to eat one. It was what? right here, and it <laughs> yeah. was tasty,
1: just as advertised. I know, but uh, you, uh, we have a whole break to do it, and then all of a sudden you you uh, I know. Hear, hear the bumper music and just <laughs> no,
2: no, because you guys. As we're talking about it right before we came back on the air. And I saw I, I was you were talking about how delicious a scrumptious they are. And there it was sitting right in front of me. I, I, I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. Mm. I, I apologize.
1: All, All right. right. Let's get to the wit sound, shall we? Uh, <laughs> Kyle Whittingham addressed the media talking about uh, his signees yesterday. We want to give you a chance to hear a bit of that.
3: OK, I felt good about uh, what transpired yesterday. No surprises either way. Uh, it was. It uh... was as we expected, as far as how the, the, the signees uh, ended up, um, signed 18 players yesterday and, uh, we feel, uh, really solid about, uh, about the class addressed, uh, a lot of needs, uh, still have a few scholarships left over. And that is by design to, uh, address needs that may arise with, uh, with the new, uh, transfer rules that are most likely going to go into effect and, and, uh, you know, just movement uh, at the, uh, the semester break that typically happens. We've got to be ready to uh, to uh, address the needs that may arise. So, anyways, uh, we feel uh, like we're off to a good start with 22 class. we already started on those guys, and and uh, the cycle never ends. It, it goes from uh, you know there's never a day off in recruiting, and it's it's constant. And our assistant coaches would be commended for their hard work, and and. Uh, They've done a good job, as always, uh, targeting targeting the right guys and and getting our type of players uh, in the program. And uh, certainly was unique this year with no uh, official visits and no off-campus evaluations or recruiting, home visits, that type of thing. So it was a whole different different animal, but uh, the result is very good. So uh, we feel like we're uh, in a good spot. So questions?
4: We will start off with Trevor Allen from KSLSports.com, followed by Josh Newman from the Salt Lake Tribune.
0: Kyle, do you, do you see you guys
5: signing in any more players during this, this signing period or, or maybe in, you know, a couple of months when, when it's actually signing day. Either
3: way that could go down. We're not, uh, we're not going to rule that out. There's, you know, the portal has uh, new players in it every day, literally. And, and uh, so we just keep monitoring things and, and uh, you know we could add players, you know, in the ch- shortly here. We may not be until uh, summertime. There really is no time frame. We're going to take the best players available as they arise and as they become available. And uh, like I said, wait. Uh, wait. We'll probably hang on to at least a couple until uh, you know this, the second semester gets underway. And and uh, we've uh, had the uh, chance to see who's uh, who may decide to, to go elsewhere. So so uh, that's that's the plan going forward.
4: Next we'll go to Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, followed by Patrick Kinnahan, twelve eighty the zone.
0: Hey Kyle, good morning. Good morning, Josh. Um, Obviously, it's beneficial when a freshman can enroll early and be available for spring ball, specifically at the quarterback position. How beneficial is it for for that type of kid to get in early and, and hit the ground running and, and just start learning?
3: Yeah, it's a big benefit for any position, but in particular, as you mentioned, the quarterback spot, which is uh, the most difficult to grasp and the most to it as far as uh, new learning. And that's going to be a big advantage for Pete. He's uh, going to be able to be here and, and, uh hopefully be in spring ball we're hoping there's a spring ball but uh, if nothing else the meetings and the preparation uh you know, just with uh with the quarterbacks and in, in the uh, in the meeting room and, and uh, digesting the offense and, and getting going so yeah that's a that's a big advantage and we're excited that uh Pete is going to go that route
0: just a quick follow-up in hindsight you got Pete to commit pretty early back in April when you can get your number one quarterback on the board to commit early what does that do for the rest of your class as you're trying to you know recruit and get kids to buy in
3: well it's a it's a good thing and, and that uh, would go for any uh real high profile player that commits early that helps you uh you know recruit other guys I mean it's it uh, lets other guys know that uh, you got a good start to the recruiting class and you, you've got quality players and and uh so that that is a benefit in that regard and and uh so, certainly getting Peter early on was uh, a factor in in getting uh, some of these other guys.
4: Next is Patrick Kinahan, 12-8 in the zone, followed by Chris Tomrani from The Athletic.
5: With the recruiting rules and regulations changed so dramatically in the spring and all that because of the COVID, you ended up, I would assume saving a lot of money because coaches couldn't go anywhere. Do you think that the NCAA – or university presidents or conference commissioners or what have you might decide that, hey, we can actually save some money. So everybody got a recruiting class this year. So do you think this could have changes to what's allowable in the future as far as recruiting? That's a good point. I hadn't thought of
3: it in those terms. Uh, I certainly hope not because going out on the recruiting trail and getting in the homes and and building relationships with these players uh, is – A huge part of the recruiting process and and even though you can build those relationships somewhat over zoom and and that type of thing it's just not the same as the in-person experience and for the recruits sake I hope it doesn't change because they they deserve to be able to physically get on the campuses that they uh, are considering and uh, meet the coaches in person and I think that's such a uh, integral part of of the whole process, even though it can be done without it. I I hope they don't go that direction because uh, I think it's not fair to the uh, student athletes.
4: Next, Chris Comrani followed by Josh Furlong from KSL.com. Kyle, can you describe the, I guess, Chase, for lack of a better term, of Ethan Calvert and what he brings to this program? And is he the type of talent that will challenge for a starting job day one?
3: absolutely. He's the type of talent that will will challenge. He's a, uh, he's a terrific player. Uh, we identified him years ago. In fact, uh, when we we're in the home recruiting his uh, older brothers and he was just a little guy, you know, seventh, eighth grade. And, uh, and, and so uh, known Ethan for a lot of years and we've had him uh, on our radar for a lot of years and he just kept getting better and bigger and stronger and developing and, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great football family. the, I mean, uh, you know, David, the dad, played here at Utah, and uh, so it was. It was something that uh, we had. That was a, you know, probably all all together. You know, five six years that that we've known about Ethan, and uh, we're excited to have him. He's, uh, as I mentioned yesterday in the press conference, he's uh, the whole package. He's got the size, the speed, uh, the intelligence, the instincts, uh, a fierce competitor, and so you know, we expect him to uh, be in the mix right away.
5: Next, Patrick Cunahan, followed by Chris Comrade. So I believe the other morning you said that Cam Rising would be out for spring ball because he has the uh, injury. And that's obviously you just said, assuming there is a spring ball. So with that in mind, I don't know the status of Bentley, but if he doesn't come back, does that mean the only scholarship quarterback you'd have available for spring ball would be this incoming freshman?
3: That would mean that if nothing changes between now and then, but uh, I'm going to tell you there's a really uh, good likelihood that, uh, you know, we'll we'll continue to try to uh, address that position and and, uh, that would be worst case scenario, what you just mentioned. And I don't think we're going to get to worst case scenario. I think we're going to be able to uh, have a a good situation uh, by spring ball.
5: So that obviously be through transfers.
3: Could be, could be, or or guys like I said that are that haven't signed yet. Although there's very few of those guys left, uh, I don't know what the percentage is, but I would guess 90 percent plus of the uh, scholarships have already been uh, utilized at this first signing period. But uh, yeah, transfers is is uh, is the other avenue, obviously, and that that would probably be more likely to go that route. Next
4: is Chris Comrani, followed by Trevor Allen. Kyle, with five linebackers in this class, do you expect all of those guys to stay at that position? Because obviously from a defensive standpoint, that's the one spot on your defense that you have the most limited amount of players actually on the field and based on your scheme. So I'm wondering, do you guys plan on moving some of these incoming guys around or are they all going to stay in that room?
3: Odds are they won't all stay a linebacker. And we've already got a couple guys that we know are very versatile and, uh, you know, may, may get their start at defensive end and so to answer your question no I don't foresee all five uh, remaining at linebacker they may all uh, take reps there for for at least a portion of, or a period of time but but uh, we'll balance things out and make sure that uh, we get people in the right spots and, and where they have the highest ceilings and that's that's pretty much our ammo every year is, is to get guys where we think they have uh, the best chance to to develop and, and become the best player they can be and so we just happen to have a lot of on paper right now linebackers but uh, we'll get it all balanced out
4: Trevor Allen followed by Josh Newman
3: Kyle, well, did did it help sending seven guys to the league for you to get this class and you know because it's obviously stacked with with town with from top to bottom did it help when you when you guys sent seven guys you know drafted to the league Absolutely. Uh, recruits take note of that. And we've had more players drafted uh, than any team in the Pac-12 over the last, I can't remember the exact time frame, four, five, six years. There's, there's a time frame there that we have had the most uh, draftees of any team in the Pac-12, and that's absolutely a selling point. I mean, why, why would it be? You want to, you know, when recruits get here, they, they should want two things, a degree and a chance to play at the next level. And uh, our coaches are doing a great job of offering both those things to them we we'll go to Josh
0: Newman. Kyle, as you move through the rest of this week and then into February, what do you view as the biggest position of need right now?
3: Well, it could be quarterback, depending on what transpires with the seniors. Uh, running back, you know, we lost, uh, as we already talked about, uh, a few days ago with Jordan and uh, and Devin. So that's a position that, that would need uh, or could use a, a little bit of a, a, a bolster, um, depending on... Uh, who else transfers, you know, I'm sure we're not going to hang on to everybody. That's just not the, the reality of it, that you know, something, will, something will materialize in the way of of needs at a certain position. But right now I can't make that prediction. Uh, we need another wide receiver. Most likely that would be something that uh, we've got on our radar as well. And so we just, you just got to continue to uh, address needs as they arise. But we, we know right now that there is a, a couple needs that are that are, have already arisen.
1: All right, there you go. That was uh, Kyle Whittingham and his comments about uh, signing day yesterday. A couple of interesting things from there, uh, Gordon. He said uh, he's not planning on uh, signing any more guys uh, for the February period. He thinks he's uh, he and his squad are, you know, said something might pop, uh, pop up, but for the most part that they're done, and even added that 90% of commitments uh, he thinks are estimated are going to come in this early period as opposed to February. I thought that was a big number that jumped out yeah, to me. Yeah,
2: that gets back to what we were talking about, before but that must feel good to have that work done early you know I mean I know it's sort of crowded at this time of year but man once you get that done recruiting is so important to these programs now they don't have to worry about it so much between now and February you know it's kind of nice
1: yeah so uh, let's go now to uh, coach uh, Kalani Sitake uh, who had his comments of course after signing
6: his class yesterday here's what he had to say Really excited about this signing class, the class of 2021, and um, you know this early signing period allowed us to get uh, 16 individuals on on our team and and to sign with us, and we're we're really excited about all of. I mean, I think a lot of coaches are saying that um, at this time and today, you know, but uh, I think for us, these these young men fit our program perfectly, and um, and what we're trying to get done here as far as adding depth. Um, adding some speed and some uh some strength. Uh you're looking at that the the length that we have in this group too, I think gives us a lot of potential for a lot of big time player playmakers. And um adding to the, the front that we have our D line and O line, we're gonna that's gotta be a, a huge positive for us and and then uh, you know, complementing the the physical part of the line of scrimmage with the rest of the group. So I thought it'd be really important for me to just recognize the um individuals that allowed uh, us to get this class together and in a year where things have been so um, so unique and so different with the pandemic um, not you know not having uh, recruits available for on-campus uh, visits of official visits and even during uh, the unofficial visits and uh, not being here on campus for games and things like that has been uh it would usually hurt a recruiting class, especially when you're a team like BYU that, that focuses on getting them on campus and get the feel and the vibe of, in the environment of the campus. That's usually the, 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 for us, it's usually the clincher. So usually the, uh, the, the mark that makes, it makes the most and gets them to jump, jump into committing to us. And, uh, the fact that our our staff has been able to be really uh, flexible and creative and finding ways to give them that type of environment, that type of feel, uh, virtually has been really impressive for me to see as a head coach. And so uh, I thought it'd be really important to recognize the the people that have made it made it happen. And uh, first, starting with Jason IU and Jack DeMooney, those guys um, did an amazing job leading the way in the recruiting efforts and um working with the staff that we have here on campus recruiting we had a, a good group of people that have helped us uh, they basically do all the grunt work and and uh, those people are jared reed sammy Tupolotu, mikey o'connor chris bangeter lonnie Ivers and anna lamb done an amazing job working uh and uh, you know working together with jason and jack and then we've had uh dave broberg who did a great job with the edits the graphics and mailers uh, He's he, working with the creative services, done an amazing job with our group. Um, uh, Gary Varone, uh, Director of Compliance, really helped us along with all the adjustments that we had to do with the scheduling, the dead periods and things like that. It's been really impressive for us to work with him. Uh, Trevor Wilson, the Associate Dean of Students, working with admissions and academics, and really um, with, with people not being able to take ACT tests and things like that, allowing him to work with uh, upper campus and helping us uh find ways to get um uh, young men accepted in, into school and 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 uh, through a different process when you're not having to deal with the standardized testing and so um uh, associate ad of, of marketing david amadova did a great job uh, working everything together and then uh, being able to work with stu call who's the director of new media and working in new media and digital Con- content specialists we have uh, Kibi Giro and courtney davis uh, they do basically a lot of the sound um, the social media uh, stuff and the food, the video, and then our marketing coordinators, Anna Metcalf and Jordan Blad did a great, great job with that as well. Equipment room, we had uh, Billy Nixon, doing a great job showing all the different things that we had and it was really, really pivotal in us getting the uh, the blackout jerseys that all the, the, the young recruits and everyone so fired up about. Um, Brett Pine, Director of Communications, allows us to connect with the sports information people and and connecting all the media members here. And then, um, you know, Sports Nation, BYU Sports, and BYU TV's done a great job with, um, obviously, Jerem and uh, Jordan, and Spencer Linton, and then Ben Bagley and Dave Phillips have been pivotal in that, making this all work. And, you know, with that being said, I, I, I have a bunch of coaches and, uh, you know, assistant coaches, graduate assistants, analysts, and then our, you know, our Director of Football Operations, John Swift, our staff has worked really hard in making this happen, but we couldn't do it without the players on our team that uh, are always welcoming and open, open uh, to talk to our recruits and, and let them know what it's all about. They're, they're the, the the true um, ambassadors of our program. And so I just love the way that they work w- with our recruits and work with all the people that I named before. And then I'll, I'll, obviously there's a lot of people in the media that, that there's a lot of people that I can't that really mention too many of them, but there's a lot of people that are really interested in, in recruiting and and, uh, interested in in VOA football. And so can't do it without the people in the media. Appreciate your guys' help. And finally, uh, wanna let the fans know how much uh, we appreciate them. Um, They're they're the uh, the ones that are out there uh, showing the impact that Cougar Nation has out there. And whether it's social media or in the community, at church, school, different places, I mean, um, the fan base here has been amazing, and that's one thing that our recruits always talk about, the amazing fan base. And so I want to express my my love and appreciation to all of them. So that being said, I don't know if you guys need any more questions, but I covered it all. We also have uh, some return missionaries that are going to be coming back uh, throughout the year. And with uh, the pandemic, it's we're, we're trying to... Um, balance all of those things together with the return missionaries that are going to be joining us. So uh, whatever questions you guys may have, uh, I'm excited to answer them.
7: All right, let's go with Jared Lloyd, Sean Walker, and Mitch Harper.
0: Kalani, you kind of touched just now on my first question, which is about the numbers. You guys are used to shuffling numbers with missions and things like that. But as you pointed out, this is going to be a unique challenge with mission programs, recruiting, seniors returning or not returning, juniors returning or not returning. As, as you consider, you know, kind of the numbers aspect of dealing with the program with walk-ons and everything, what, what's that like at this point as you try and anticipate what the next few months are going to be like?
6: Uh, It's a lot of fun. I mean, I I can't, I can't uh, sit up here and pretend that, that that's so, that's so hard to do. I mean, when you, when you just get to sit there and balance out numbers and talent and, um, players and interest people that are interested in our guys going to the NFL, even if they're underclassmen. Uh, this is, this is the excitement that that is, uh, connected with football, BYU football. And so I love it all. And then this is, uh, I feel like you've had pretty good training in other places and, and my career getting here, being a former player as well. And then, you know, the, I think, uh, to be honest with you, it's, it's the best part about it is that I get to do the fun stuff. And then I let all the other smart people that are better organizers do, do, do the numbers. And, you know, and then I have wonderful people in the administration that can help me with admissions and can help us, uh, you know, just prep our guys. I think the key here is that um, the recruiting effort is not just solely on the head coach; it's it's everyone. And so uh, I, I've been, man. This isn't a really big signing class because we have a lot of underclassmen coming back, but it's also uh, for me the quality quality that we have in this group is amazing. And so I'm really excited about the things that they're going to do on the field and really excited that the presence they're going to have off the field as well. So really excited about this group and man, I just couldn't be, couldn't be uh, more. I just couldn't, I can't express enough gratitude for everyone that's involved in the whole recruiting process. And and um, the, the, the best part too is getting to know their families, the recruits families and, and their schools and things like that. And then just kind of, they all have their unique individual story. And it's pretty cool from, from me and my perspective to see it all work.
4: Coach, if I could ask about kind of one position group, but but sort of one aspect of a position group, I guess, in, in general, because you have some guys that are defensive and slash outside linebackers. It seems like um, you added some really good pass rushers this year, uh, just in, in both in guys you signed and then obviously some preferred block-ons that you can't talk about. But, but was, was finding kind of some really good pass rushers, guys like Logan and John Henry and, and some of them, sort of an emphasis for you this year, locking them down?
6: yeah definitely and then then that's um i think i think you can you can work on some guys and and maybe um develop some guys to be pass rushers but uh a lot of times when you when you working with them it takes some time uh, these guys um the numbers show it's, it's a number of sacks that they made uh, already in in, in football and so you're looking at the dns that we're bringing the d-line that we're bringing i think they. they've their, their numbers show that they can get to the quarterback and and also can help stop the run for for us to have those those individuals it's huge but I also see uh, a lot of a lot of uh, for me I mean that depends on how many of them what they can do in the in the growth part of it they're, they're great uh, they're great frame to start with you know but uh, the fact that they're getting a bunch of sacks uh, won't hurt either so we're excited about getting those guys and that talent here and and th- that type of special uh, feeling of rushing the, quarter- the quarterback.
4: All right, let's take a question from Pat Kinahan, Jay Drew, and then back to Mitch Harper.
5: Do you know how many of these kids you'll have on campus in the fall, meaning they won't go on
6: missions? Yeah, there's a, uh, a good number of them that are still figuring it out. I mean, I think that the, the, the idea of there's some that, that definitely want to go on missions that have already said it, and you probably can see it on social media or, or maybe they've already got their calls but there's also a few that are still figuring out when to go on their missions or if they're going to go in there. That's a that's a personal decision between them, and their family, and and whatever their plans are. I, I obviously I'm a return missionary myself, so I, I support them going on a mission. Um, but I think that's a one of those decisions that's going to be dealing with them and, and having to deal with their own family and their their own uh, thoughts on what what's the best thing to do. And for me. It's just getting that and balancing it with the guys that are coming home and the guys that we're going to elevate to scholarship in our preferred walk-on program. So there's Uh, a chance that we should get some – that some may not go and want to play a year first.
4: Kalani, I was going to ask the same question, but um, I'll switch and maybe ask. uh, In
0: February, will you sign anybody or does this kind of complete your class?
6: No, we're still – I mean, we're still open for business, so – yeah, recruiting world. I mean, it's hard to tell the future. There's there's a lot of lot of people that are going to be available, and then um, we're still we still got a couple targets that we're looking at, and um, then then we're gonna you know take a shot at some others. We'll see how it goes. But I think when you're dealing with graduate transfers, and there's going to be who knows what's going to happen, in in the rules with transferring and all that stuff, I I think we we've got to give ourselves some space just in case that does happen. And then we have a, a, a large number of, uh, I feel preferred walk ons on our team that, that um, we would like to see get scholarships as well.
1: All right, there you go. There's uh, Kalani Satake uh, in his comments yesterday, Gordon, uh, talking about his signees. And we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. He had. Uh, Thanks to some lack of organization of the previous kind of recruiting, coordinating regime, he had a little bit of a different uh, recruiting year this year, Gordon. But you can tell he's, he's certainly happy about who he got.
2: Everybody's happy.
1: Everybody's always happy.
2: You know, I don't know. It sounds to me like some of these BYU guys are better than advertised as far as the, the stars are assigned. But who knows? I don't know that for a fact. And
1: I'm we're just... not going to know with most of them for another, what, three years?
2: <laughs> Check back with me, you know, mm-hmm. when we're when we're old,
1: because get, we're, we're, we're getting there. Now. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are young. Young get hard anyway. Right, Gordo? Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, have more big show coming up next. Ninety seven five and twelve eighty, the zone. But Brenna is joining us once again from Built Bar. And uh, these delicious bars are just uh, incredible. Seven, 17 grams of protein?
7: Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. And this little thing right here? Yeah. That's it really crazy. is incredible because, you know, a lot of protein bars are cardboardy, gritty. Awful. You really have to choke. Just awful. awful. <laughs> just terrible. <laughs> you really have to choke them down. But these are, like, you're presently surprised. You're, like, taken aback by it. They should be
1: uh, prosecuted for false advertising when they put, like, a flavor on there. Right. It's like anything – if this is labeled as anything other than cardboard, I feel misled.
7: Right. Because it
1: says chocolate on the label, and that ain't chocolate. it's like hard-pressed
7: sawdust covered in imitation chocolate. It's just awful.
1: And these are, are wonderful. They really yeah. – they truly are delicious.
7: They really are so good. I mean, what protein bar has 18 flavors? I mean, Pretty that cool. alone is insane. When you talk about the flavors, you think you're talking about candy. I mean, people – Peanut butter, uh, lemon cheesecake, banana bread. Gordon, what was Lisa's? You were telling us earlier.
2: Coconut. Coconut.
7: coconut. There's coconut and coconut almond, and they're both delicious. We love the cookies and
1: cream at our house. Ah,
2: Austin's in the cookies and cream.
7: Cookies and cream, but yeah, like there's something for everyone. Whether you have a nut allergy or not, there's. Once nut free. I mean, there's really something for everyone. I just, I love these bars and I want everyone to try them. And we are super excited celebrating our 12 days of Christmas. We brought back white chocolate for everyone that was requesting them. And we have white chocolate in bites. And bites are, you know, the fun side yeah, yeah, yeah. of easy. the protein bar. Mm-hmm. They're easy. I love to give them to my kids. I have a three and a one-year-old um, stops their tantrums in the car we talked about. That's or helpful. if I just need like a quick bite, you know. Yep. Um, They're just like fun size protein bar white chocolate cookies and cream white chocolate sea salt caramel white chocolate cherry sundae, and white chocolate coconut deluxe. So you got to get your hands on those.
1: You know how I know you l- love the products you're talking about here is because you are <laughs> smiling ear to ear. When you get into the can flavors, you you're I'm like just, giddy like about the I'm like, you can probably hear I'm like. <sighs> uh, it yeah. definitely comes through. Absolutely. Oh, you got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code ZONE at checkout, and you'll get some amazing deals. Brenna, thank you very much. Thank you. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: Two guys, two topics, two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
4: What are you, what, what's going on with Rudy Gobert and his extension and all that?
0: Yeah, so I don't have precise contract figures. I have been told that he did not ask for the full supermax. I know there's been some reporting in Utah that he did. I've been told that is that is not true, that he did not ask for uh the full supermax. I don't know what neighborhood the Jazz are in. Um I you know, there's some there's some uh <laughs> there's a there's a gulf there and you know we will see if it uh if, if that gap is closed before the extension deadline, before the Supermax extension deadline, uh, he can also do a lesser extension during the season. You know, Gobert is, is saying the right things. He's basically saying, look, I'm just going to focus on basketball. I'm excited about the season. I will say this, though. If, if there's not a commitment from the franchise in, in terms of that nine-figure extension going into the season, I think that is reason for, if not concern, at least a, awareness there.
4: I think if he doesn't get extended, there will be a handful of teams that will line up ready to pay him the max. So the Jazz should know that, mm-hmm. and they should operate that way. And um, if they want to haggle on certain aspects of the contract, but I don't think they're getting, and they're, you know, okay, it's not the super max, but I don't think they're getting away without giving him the max.
1: All right, there you go. That's some sound from Tim McMahon, followed by Brian Windhorst on the Brian Windhorst podcast, talking about Rudy Gobert and his negotiation with the Utah Jazz. And it's it's an issue or a subject, Gordon, there has been really, and this is typical jazz, of course, but very little info that has come out about it. And, um... You heard uh, you heard Tim right there, kind of uh, refuting some reports that were circling yesterday that Rudy had uh, dug in his heels on the Supermax deal. Apparently, that is not uh, not the case, uh, according to Tim McMahon of ESPN, who is very good, so I have no reason to uh, to doubt his reporting. Uh, but this is a this is a really big story uh, facing the Utah Jazz right now. Certainly, the biggest. You know, do they? Uh, come to uh, an agreement with one of their franchise pillars and move forward with the Donovan-Rudy tandem? Or can they not come together? And are the Jazz, uh, you know, I agree with you that if they cannot uh, come to an agreement, that the Jazz have to seriously consider moving Rudy Gobert. I mean, these are these are big-time future-altering decisions facing this franchise right now.
2: No doubt about everything you said there. And it's interesting that if they're going to, come to an agreement on the supermax they have to do it before the start of the season proper by the 21st i suppose and but if they are just going to go with something beneath that then then they can continue to uh, negotiate during the season so i i don't know exactly what that means other than if that report we just heard is true then rudy is not asking for the supermax so so I don't know whether it's critical whether it gets done before the season starts or not. Just, it'd just be nice to put that thing to bed,
1: wouldn't it? Well, we've talked about this a little bit before. I, I honestly believe that getting it right is more important uh, than getting it done fast. And and in an ideal world, Gordon, yeah, I mean, get it done uh, yesterday. And but and I don't, I don't with, know what. The, I,
2: what information do you think is going to come forward that would that would alter any of the talks? Uh, the Jazz already know what they know, right? And and if Rudy, if Rudy's people are being reasonable and the Jazz are being reasonable, then it seems like reasonable people should be able to come to an agreement because the Jazz want Rudy Gobert, they do, but they don't want to screw up their finances completely in getting it done. But I, I that, <laughs> that's the tricky part. I mean, well, the, where, the, the, it,
1: where where's where's
2: the golden number?
1: At, yeah, and the the tricky part is is everybody's definition of reasonable <laughs> mm, right. could be very uh, could be very but very different. We all know Rudy is extremely
2: valuable. I mean, nobody can argue that fact. But how so, much
1: is the yeah. idea, you know? I and he heard you know, uh, Windhorse there is uh, toward the end of the clip said, you know, anything less than the normal Max uh he doesn't think is is reasonable. So I I don't know how far apart uh, the two sides are. I guess, Gordon, if they were close, it would have been done right now. So I'm guessing that the, the distance between two the, the two is pretty substantial, wouldn't you think?
2: Well, yeah, until the deal is done, then, you know, you, you got to wonder. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I have talked to people about it, and I'm kind of getting stonewalled on it.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. Well, they're going to keep that buttoned up. There's no doubt about that.
2: I've gone to the highest source. <laughs> well not the highest in prayer <laughs> I, didn't, I know I, uh, nothing celestial here but uh but i have asked uh seek and you shall find gordon reasonable
0: <laughs> source <laughs> I
2: just can you imagine me having a pipeline to a man upstairs what would that look like austin
0: uh worse than the year 2020 <laughs>
2: You don't think uh, you don't think the the, the man upstairs would uh, would uh, communicate directly to me?
0: Uh nope. No.
1: No chance. None. <laughs> oh come on! You're selling me short. Well, you'd oh. have uh, much better sports opinions if it was true. <laughs> 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 they'd be they'd be downright divine. <laughs>
2: How, how would we do that do you have a sound effect for that do you have like a, a hung you know some sort of what? some sort of heaven heavenly music like uh, bells ringing or something that every time you know i get inspiration I, I could we could play that before i actually you know profess the revelation <laughs>
1: Well, like or a, this. <laughs> yeah. Like I said before, your your accuracy would improve. So so you think it depends on which
2: source I'm getting the information from could alter? But, uh, yes, I have inquired at the highest terrestrial source and uh, was not able to get.
0: What did Scotty uh, say?
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I asked my dog to go to the right bowl marked uh, with the dollar figures, and even the dog was confused. No, I I have responsibly inquired and have uh, have not been told exactly what's going on there. But I sure hope they get it worked out because I think they get a good thing going.
1: Was that your really long way of saying that they didn't tell you anything? And kind yes. of like self-bragging <laughs> about yourself in the process?
2: Yeah. How? How did <laughs> I
1: brag about myself?
2: I, what did I say that was
1: uh, that, that was boastful? I've talked to the highest terrestrial powers. Uh, the highest existed. sources. And, uh, and, and I had my dog. and uh, And they told me nothing. I, I talked to the highest
2: sources and they slammed the door on my face. And they said...
1: Who is this? <laughs> so there was a lot of, of build-up there. A lot of build-up there. No delivery. With, with very it's little It's kind of like a Taylor Swift semi-truck story.
2: Very similar. What? Uh, hey, did you see the, the Taylor Swift trucks rolling down the road? No, you
1: didn't. No, but if I did, I did and thought it was pertinent to the show, I'd say, I once saw her semis on the road. Here, I'll, I'll, oh. I'll tell you this, Gordon. <laughs> I saw all of her semis when she came to perform at the Who arena and never gave it a second thought. <laughs> Just rolling down the road and saw a Taylor Swift semi. How about that? I know,
2: but when you're out in the middle of Timbuktu, how often do you see six red trucks rolling down the road? Say, not hey, uh, it's not like I thought Taylor Swift was in the
1: cab. Well, uh, considering that those trucks loop the country every year, your odds are actually probably pretty decent. <laughs>
0: Again, it for me it wasn't whether or not you, you bringing it up mattered. It was that it took six and a half minutes. To
1: yeah, tell the story, to say huh? to, to, yeah, I saw some it did trucks. Not in it. <laughs> you guys, you guys. <laughs> go back and measure Austin. Go back and measure that story. Yeah, the trucks were rolling, and uh, the end of
2: the story was San Bernardino.
1: Yeah. All right, uh, uh, <laughs> we're here. At so Dill. okay,
2: okay. Look, I know nothing. All right,
1: I uh, know pull nothing. That, pull that. We're going to use that one. All right, tonight, Gordon, 8 o'clock tip time, Jazz Clippers final preseason game uh, before things get going next week. And um, I wonder what we're going to see tonight. We saw really a lot of the the main rotation for the Utah Jazz in game number two. I wonder what the rotation is going to look like in, in game three. I would guess they'll dial it back just a little bit. Dial it
2: back, or would they do it exactly the way they want it to replicate uh, the experience when the games count?
1: Well, I think they did that a little bit in game two. I don't, I don't know. Rest, you know, Locke came on with us and, and talked about how, you know, NBA shape and it takes a minute and those sorts of things. You know, maybe you don't want to go at it full bore when you know you've got to go at it full bore the next week. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'd be curious to see. Okay, so answer me this. Do you think that these players – uh, at the start of a
2: season and this one's unique and all that i get it but do you think they work harder in practice than they do in a preseason game or do you think the fact that it's quote unquote a formal game really brings that much more energy because it's just the preseason it doesn't even count um i would guess it's fairly equal probably depends on who the head coach is right because yeah because in practice sometimes you want to impress the coach, you want to get their attention and I imagine some of the scrimmages they have are fairly spirited.
1: Yeah, well, I but a game is a game, you know. That that adds that extra that extra level. So, I I'm not sure what the answer to that is. I don't think NBA players often give 100% effort during the regular season, so you know <laughs> what does that say about the the preseason? They're probably not going uh, full-bore playoff intensity out there, but uh, that's that's not what you, w- you would expect. I wonder if uh, some of the back of the roster guys will get a little more minutes because they're, they're still trying to make some d- difficult decisions on, on those players as well.
2: I figure it'll be a lot like uh, game two. I, I don't uh, see a whole lot of changes, and I don't see them backing off because they have time between now and the first regular season game. So, yeah, get the kinks worked out. That's what you want. You want this thing to be smooth when it hits the floor.
1: Well, there the weren't guys, a whole lot of the, uh, the guys aren't tired, are they? Well, I mean that's what Locke was talking about. They're not quite back into uh, to game shape, and he he th- saw uh, or what he described as fatigue there in in game number two. So, um, yeah, well, maybe really? maybe it is a thing. Is what do it, you mean? Know, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Well,
2: it's, I just you know come on. well. All right, I just. Well, I mean, what do you do? What do you do? Because if you're tired now, you're going to be tired when the games count.
1: Well, that's why you have to work back into NBA. How many times have we heard the cliche from an injured player coming back saying, well, well, he's got to get himself back into NBA shape. It's the same thing. Got to get yourself back into game shape. Why is that so hard to uh, to comprehend?
2: I was thinking more of a are they refreshed? Are they fresh to play? because uh, I I didn't think guys really allowed themselves to get that far out of shape. I mean, you don't have a team full of Greg Oster tags, do you?
1: Yeah, but I do believe there's a difference between. I mean, think of the rigor of an NBA season. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible, actually. They're playing yeah. all those all those basketball games and all those minutes, and it, it, it probably has a really dramatic effect on your body that you could, it would be impossible to keep up in the regular or in the uh, in the off season.
2: How many times up and down the floor do you think you would go before you got winded? Um, half. <laughs>
1: half? <laughs> you get to the mid-court well, line. I, I guess that would be a quarter, right, because you said up and back. So, yeah, I'd probably get to mid-court and be like, you know what? I, I could use a built bar right now.
2: <laughs> I've met a lot of people for into that category. <laughs> oh, built bar. Man. Built bar here.
1: Uh, it Bring one me out to me. The... I, need a, I need a little, a little, a little pep. <laughs> Coach, get I need a this. blow.
2: <laughs> Let me out. Please, I'm begging you. I really hustled from the baseline all the way up here to midcourt. Struggling. Struggling. Remember that, uh, that in uh, in the movie Airplane when uh, Kareem is is uh, being told by the kid that his dad says that he, he's lazy and he doesn't get his butt up and down the floor. And, yeah. And, he, you know. You don't want to hear that, man. And I, I marvel. First of all, two things. Basketball is one of the best sports for conditioning, I think. Uh, in fact, if I were a coach of a, of a different sport and I had extra time to have my guys uh, get conditioned, I think I would have them play a little basketball. Uh, it's great in that regard. It's demanding, for sure. Um, but But... It is remarkable how these guys, uh, how how they're able to move the way they are and find the energy to do what they do. I know they're paid a lot of money, and a lot of people like to look at that and say, oh, come on, you know, that's way too much money and all that. But what they do in games is, from a, from a human standpoint, is
1: just extraordinary. I mean, they're no bowlers, but, you know, pretty good. <laughs> Would I be a pro bowler? If I, uh, you know, were coaching a football team and I was uh, encouraging my players to, to play something else, I'd say, you know what, we'll to keep your body in peak physical condition, we're going to need you to bowl at least 50 frames a week.
2: <laughs> would they have to polish off, like, a extra large pizza while doing so?
1: Uh, yes, yes. I mean, that would be a requirement, uh, a pizza uh, a, and a pitcher of beer. <laughs>
2: Oh no! I don't know how your team would do, Jake, if you were requiring that.
1: You know? uh, But it's a fine sport, bowling. Very... Are you a good bowler? No, I'm not. I'm okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. You know, I'll, I'll crack a hundred. There's no pro again. bowler. <laughs> but uh, if I,
2: if you went down, if I dragged you down to a bowling alley right now. Uh, and I, I've done this with some of the guys before. I don't know if you were invited on that occasion or not. But anyway, remember, were you there when we went to the bowling alley that time? That time, just once. Yeah. Well, I've I'm been to the bowling, bowling when, alley before. When the guys, <laughs> when the guys from the station, some of the guys from the station went to a bowling alley. I just, I mean, if you just went down cold to, to to roll a game, what do you think your score would be?
1: I'd be in the probably one to one ten range. I'm yeah. guessing.
2: I I would guess around 120 for me, but uh, I, I you know, I used to bowl a lot when I was a kid, but I'm certainly no polished bowler, that's for sure. Who is the best bowler on on our staff? Lloyd?
1: <laughs> uh, I have no clue. No, clue. Well,
2: I bet Lloyd's a good bowler. He's just one of those crafty guys you got to watch out for.
1: Coach Mike Sanford, line three. Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know, Gordon. I don't know. You know, Hatch is a natural athlete. He's (laughs) probably good at slinging that ball down the lane. Uh, We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. We're live from Built Bar. Check them out, builtbar.com. And you can use promo code ZONE at checkout for some amazing deals. Uh, Builtbar.com. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up the Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to say a big thank you to the good folks here at Built Bar for hosting us today. Uh, just delicious stuff. I mean, uh, not your typical protein bar at all, Gordon. And I know uh, the Monson family is very familiar with the uh, sawdusty old protein bars. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, uh, you, you mentioned earlier in the show that they, they, as well as yourself, of course, enjoyed some of those samples.
2: We sure did. Uh, ate the whole box, and everybody uh, enjoyed it. So, yeah, it tastes good.
1: Uh, real quick before we jump on up out of here, Gordon, uh, because we've got the Jazz game night pregame show coming up next. Uh, give me, give me just a couple of things you're looking for tonight in the final preseason game of the year.
2: You know, before I do that, one little sad note here. Did you see that they're closing down Aloha Stadium in Honolulu? Uh, no. They're shutting it down because it's uh, been deemed unsafe. It's uh, falling
1: apart. So, where are the uh, the the Hawaii football team going to play?
2: Uh, good question. Not sure, but there have been a lot of uh, events there, you know, through the years, uh, uh, and some Pro Bowls and whatever else. But anyway, it's have you have you ever been there, Jake? You went there, didn't you? Uh, I've never been inside.
1: No, I've seen it from the huh. outside.
2: Okay, uh, tonight's game, I would expect the Jazz over short stretches to utilize what they're planning on having uh, as a part of their regular lineup. They won't overdo it for the reasons that you explained earlier and that Locke talked about. Uh, They don't want to wear these guys out at this point. But I do think they'll try and smooth it over the time that the combinations that Quinn wants to use will be on the floor together. So watch for that. And I I, I guess I I would project that to make up about between a third and a half of the game. Mm -hmm. All right, Gordo. At that point, I think it'll be uh, just guys trying to impress.
1: Sorry, buddy. Uh, Gordo, you enjoy the game tonight. We've got uh, Jazz Game Night uh, coming up right around the corner, and I'm uh, curious to get your thoughts uh, about what you think tomorrow, buddy. Enjoy.
2: All right. Uh, Everybody stick around for Jake on the uh, pre-half and post-game shows.
1: Absolutely. That's coming up straight ahead, but first, we are at Built Bar. Check them out builtbar.com. Don't forget use promo code ZONE at checkout for an amazing deal. And Brenna joins us once again and uh, first of all, you're so nice to have us out here well, today. Thank you We've for had having a great me. time. This is this that has been so fun. fun and you know, it's so easy to talk about uh, your product cuz it really is amazing. It's it's yeah. revolutionary and it's easy to tell people it tastes good cuz, you know, it tastes good.
7: I know. I always have them in my pockets. I'm always stuffing them in <laughs> Trying, handing them out to people just so they can try them because they're so different. I mean, I think we're programmed in our brain like, okay, it's a protein bar. Yuck, you know, that sawdust covered in fake chocolate. This is something I
1: have to do. Yes, because yeah. I
7: have to get my protein. But this is like, I have to watch my intake on these because they taste so good. So I don't have like protein in, I'm like not proteinating <laughs> my body, but They're so good. They really are just so good. And we are really excited for Christmas and all the new Christmas flavors. We talked about Built Bites that have released for a limited time, the White Chocolate Built Bites. You guys gotta try these, they're delicious. We have White Chocolate Cookies and Cream, White Chocolate Sea Salt Caramel, White Chocolate Cherry Sundae, and White Chocolate Coconut Deluxe, celebrating 12 days of Christmas. They're gonna make great stocking stuffers or even like neighbor gifts. Yeah, sure. Um, I really like to leave them out for, you know, all the delivery guys. Give them a good pick-me-up. Oh, that's pick so me nice. Up. Yeah. So um, just to give them a good pick-me-up, a good boost of protein, and give them something that tastes good, you know? So I really hope you guys fill up on these before they sell out because they're amazing.
1: All right. BuiltBar.com. Promo code ZONE. Get uh, great deals. Promo code ZONE. Again, BuiltBar.com. Brenna, thank you so much as thank always. Thank you
7: for hanging out.
1: All right. We'll have more next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.